Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey y'all, we did it. It's been a whole year. I don't even know. Deborah, where you at? How did we get here? The fact that Deborah Cox knows that I exist and comments on my posts frequently, there is a world in which I will be in the same space with Deborah Cox and I will get a video recording of her doing just that so that I can insert it at any time into anything I'm doing. Like that's a goal in my life. I I say, how did we get here? Because I, I feel like I started this year as a different person. And I feel like I started this year with a different podcast. And I feel like Small Doses has really grown over the course of this year as I stepped into a new phase of intentionality around this podcast. And that's not just with the topics and the guests, but also with the fact that we added this visual element to the thing, right? And that was because I said, you know what, Amanda? Like, you already have something that's super dope. You need to expand its dopeness. And you need to take it to another level. And I really appreciate y'all doing that with me. We got over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and we have grown in our listenership exponentially. Y'all are telling your friends, y'all are sharing, y'all are downloading episodes. All of these things are super duper helpful to us continuing to expand. My goal is I want Small Doses Podcast to be a place where people feel like they have to come when they want to tell their stories, right? I want Small Doses Podcast to be a place where people feel like they know that they can go there to be themselves, right? I want Small Doses Podcast to be one of these podcasts that people consider to be at the height of podcasts in terms of consistency, in terms of quality. And you all continuously showing me that you care about it is doing that. So thank thank you. Now, over this year, we've had such a myriad of guests, right? We've had people come through that are in the celebrity space of things. We've had influencers. We've had experts. We've had politicians. And we've had solo episodes. But I think the biggest thing that's happened this year is we did so much laughing and learning. Am I right, y'all? So much laughing and learning. And that has really let me know that like this is a special, unique place that we have to continue to acknowledge. And that's why we're doing a best of. It's our first best of that we've ever done. And we wanted to just take a glance back at some of the highlights, the hits, if you will, the moments that meant a lot to y'all, the moments meant a lot to me, and the moments that, according to the data, (laughs) hit the charts. So let's dive into it. It is the first ever best of small doses, the 2023 edition. Okay, so let's dive in. Now, we had Tap of the Brown on the show. Now, I was actually very um, surprised that she was so willing to like have time to come on the show because Tabs is busy, okay? Tabs is doing stuff for Target. Tabs is writing books. Tabs is illustrating books. Tabs is cooking. Tabs got a lot going on, but she was so down and she came through the crib and she got to talk to us. And I know that my biggest, listen, my biggest compliment that y'all can give me is when you're like, I never heard that on another interview. And that happened in this interview. Now, on side effects of having it all, it was very like, I got to talk to Tabitha, I feel like in a much more like homey kind of way than I feel like I've seen other interviewers approach. And I think that's just a testament to her deciding that this was a safe space where she could be like that, right? She told us a story that she hadn't put in her book. She told us about, you know, just not only her gift, but just how illness actually brought her to her gift. And I think that was something that a lot of people could relate to just in the realizing that like, your body is speaking to you in ways that you just don't understand until you allow yourself to understand. But that episode actually did something really powerful for me. 
Because in her talking about her deciding to like just become obedient to God, it inspired me to ask like, what does that look like for me? Because I am not Christian and she was speaking specifically to her relationship with Jesus. But like, I do believe myself to be connected to a higher power, you know, a part of this universal law scenario. And it really sent me on a quest to find out what that was for me, which is, you know, really committing to flow, not force. But that being said, let's take a glimpse into side effects of having it all with tabs, auntie tabs, that is. What was the turning point from, because before you even get the opportunity to like do things the way you want to, you have to decide I'm not going to do things the way I've been doing them. So what was the wall that you hit that said, okay, this ain't it. And then what was the next step after that? The turning point was when I got like very sick in my body, right? And uh, I was on disability for like a year uh, and the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, right? So they were... Running tests every week, every month, trying to figure out. I had this girl code switch and tried to kill you. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't necessarily think that. Uh, well, it definitely wasn't that because something in my body was attacking itself, right? Um, they were like it was like an autoimmune, but I was also having depression and panic attacks. But it all was around the same timing. Um, and going to the doctor every week and they can't tell you what's wrong with you, but you know something ain't right. And they know something ain't right, but they can't figure it out. And, well, and at least they were acknowledging that something ain't right. Because oh, I yeah. know that's been a problem for they a would lot of me. sisters. Oh, like yeah, something's would, wrong with me. And they're like, you're fine. Yeah. They would say, you know, um, we know it's like autoimmune. Something is making your body attack itself. We just can't figure it out. I even had a rheumatologist tell me, because I was going to all kinds of doctors. She was like, well, you know, normally we just tell women they have fibromyalgia when we can't figure it out. And I was like, yeah, so I just supposed to take the diagnosis because you can't. So basically, they just made up yeah a diagnosis for we don't have a diagnosis. And then that also was a trigger for me because when my mama first got sick, they told her after six seven months of trying to figure it out, you have fibromyalgia, but my mama had ALS, and she ended up dying, of course. But it was a trigger, so I was like, oh my god, I probably have ALS like my mama, and they're telling me I have fibromyalgia because they can't figure it out. So that was, in my mind, I, so that's also started causing me to have even more panic attacks and depression started setting in. And I just got to probably the darkest place that I ever been in. And I was just like, Lord, you didn't brought me this far just to leave me here, right? Because I felt like I was on, just taken off in my career. Um, it felt different. And this was like January of 2016. I had just started doing uh, stand-up. I was doing comedy. Mm-hmm. And um, I had just went to Sundance for the first time. And I was just like, oh, I just feel this different energy, right? And right after that, I started getting sick. I just, like, I, it started with a headache in the back of my head. That headache stayed there for a year and seven months. Every day. Never went away. Every day. Right here. Some days were better than others. Right. But some days I couldn't walk. Some days I like I lost my vision for a day. It was just a crazy time for me. And How old is your daughter at this time? At this time, choice is what fifteen. Okay, so yeah, you're in like 14, full 15. teenage mm-hmm. parenting mode with all yes. this going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a baby, right? But you know, I had my son. He was a little something, a couple years old. Thankfully, he doesn't remember remember mommy being sick, but my daughter does. Mm. And, I, you know, I tried to hide it. So I tried to hide how sick I was because my husband had a very stressful job at the time. And I didn't want him stressed. Travel, right? Yes. The low. Right. And also, a trigger for me was when my mama got sick, my stepdad checked out and he was very mean to her. And so... I didn't want to experience that in my mind. There's I thought, two people in your life that I got to fight. I got to fight the white people in the Camaro <laughs> and I got to fight your stepdaddy. I just, okay. I'm like, Arya Stark, I got a list building, building. You know, but my mama would always tell me, you know, people handle sickness and grieving differently. Yeah. And so I gave him grace. And of course I had forgiven him and we've had, you know, conversations since then, but that was a trigger for me. So I was like, I got to hide this. Because I don't want my husband to get mad at me for getting sick. Oh, right? And I also don't want to stress him out. And I don't want my kids to be worried like I was worried about my mama. So. How, what made you a people pleaser? What do you think? Um, I think I've always just have had that nature to like love people. And this was happening for so long in my life. 
but it's also because I wasn't putting myself first. I was about to say, mm-hmm. I think we call it that, but it's yeah. also then it's like... everybody. Well, I, I'm sure I learned it firsthand from my mama because she was the same, right? Yeah. She took care of everybody except her. To her own detriment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Womanhood! <laughs> yeah! Yeah. Um, which is why I'm such an advocate now for, for me first, you first. Right, um, freedom. Which is not selfishness. It's not selfish, it's self-care. Yes. Right, it's taking care of you. We get one of us, we get one, and we get one life, right? And as my dad always say, and one is enough if we live it right, right? And so we, it is our responsibility to ourselves to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, uh, when I got into that dark space, I was just like, I really think I'm going to die. I didn't think I was going to see 40. And I was like, okay, Lord, I don't know what to do, you know, and I really, I thought God had forgotten about me. And I also thought he didn't hear me anymore. Right. And I grew up in the church. I grew up in the South. So I always prided myself on having this relationship with God. But then I realized that I had a relationship with him, but it was more of what I was taught about him, not what I allowed him to develop inside of me. Mm -hmm. And so in this dark season of my life, is when he really got to develop something inside of me, right? And I got to a place where I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to try one more time, and I'm going to beg, and I'm going to plead with you. And I got in my bathroom. I call this my coming to Jesus moment that I've talked about a million times. (laughs) And I got in the mirror, and I was trying to connect with them, and they say you can only do that like your soul. You see it through your eyes, right? So I'm in the the bathroom, I'm in the mirror. You know I got big eyes, so it was kind (laughs) of scary. And I'm staring at myself. And I was like, God, if you heal me, you can have me. And I meant it. And it was the first time I had ever. What did that mean? It meant I'm not going to try to live my life my way anymore. I'm going to live it how you created me to live it. Which means whatever layers I have created, I'm going to have to strip them away. Mm -hmm. And I'm only going to live a life of obedience. When you tell me to move, I'll move. When you tell me to do something, I'll do it. And when I walked out the bathroom that day, something felt different in me. I wasn't healed, but something felt different. Well, you were trusting something bigger than you. Yeah, but it was a it shift inside you, of me. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And so that feels like freedom because yeah. the pressure of thinking that you can control everything. Because mm-hmm. when we people please, we're, we, we are being nurturing, but we're also trying to control, right? Yeah. Like we're trying to make sure that everyone feels good yes. and that also makes us feel good. And then it also makes us feel like we, are, we have done our best to make sure that nothing's going to fall, nothing's going to break, everything is mm-hmm. in place, et cetera. And that is not possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not possible to sustain. And it's this also like not our... It's kind of like God plans y'all. I mean, like you plan, God laughs type of situation, right? right. Like, I think that we all have like a responsibility um, to help each other in the world. Absolutely. Right. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy, juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So it was kind of a big deal when Candy Barres agreed to come on Small Doses podcast. Now, I ended up going on her show literally because our former producer, Jeremiah, like the Bible, had asked like, oh, like, would you be down to go on her on her show? And I reached out to like her page on Instagram. I DM the page and asked like who I would talk to about this. And it ended up being Jamie, who actually runs my YouTube now. So shout out to Jamie. But ultimately, it was like I realized I like. 
<laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a candy fan. And you know me, 90s R&B is so important to me. So I really realized in real time, like once I sat down with Candy on her own show, speak on it, that I was like, oh, shit. I'm nervous. So getting her to come now on Small Doses was really special. And she was so great. And she really and she gave us a whole look, honey. She was giving us Real Housewives of Atlanta confessionals outfit. Okay. I felt like I was dressed down. But we had such a good time and so much fun. And she really gave us insight for real into like what it is to be in a girl group. Again, I want this podcast to be places where you just find out things and learn things from people that have connectivity to places and spaces and ideologies that you may not have. And when they feel comfortable enough to share their thoughts, it really is special. So when Candy talked about, you know, what was going on on Escape versus SWV, by the way, nothing she said could have prepared me for what the actual show ended up being. Latasha, get your sister her money. I was getting so annoyed at that time because I kind of felt like we were, like, it was it was being some very much served to the fans as if we were trying to serving it to them the media or just PR I felt like the PR of my group member (laughs) I felt like or her team Mm -hmm. I felt like they were trying to give a perception yeah that we purposely tried to leave her out of the loop with whatever we were doing at the time. Well, one thing I appreciate about, appreciate about you is you going to come on the internet and be like, are y'all listening? That was not the case. <laughs> that was absolutely not the case. Ah. I do not want to be caught up in this distortion of the facts. No, I honestly was trying to not comment on it that much at the time. And it was just getting, it was trying to, it was kind of being a lot because I just kind of felt like we have so much that is going to, come out and air when the show airs but it was like you should have heard our group members talking we was like oh i can't wait till they see this show so they can know (laughs) we are not the problem (laughs) so are you excited about the show Mm. (laughs) well i have not seen it i I, is that normal that you don't see the cut yeah we never get to see it until like the week that it airs but i this this okay this weekend is the first episode that's going to air the network our uh the agent whatever who's also my agent he's um they are purposely uh, and mona they are purposely not showing us the episode because they know we have to do interviews together these next couple of days and they don't want anybody to get like upset and not want to do the interviews so they have not even shown us the first episode yet how do you live in that? Like, that's a dynamic. I don't think I, I, not I don't think. I know that I could not manage that dynamic where people are keeping something from me. Yeah. Well, I was, um, I almost cussed his out today. Because he was like, <laughs> uh, you can't watch the show. And then he got to tell Jamie that she could go over there and watch the show because we trying to do speak on it before this yeah. weekend. And telling her she can go watch the show, but she can't take her phone to record it. But I thought he was saying, like, I couldn't take my talking to like i'm a grown woman don't tell how you gonna tell me <laughs> that i he was like well i wasn't talking to you y'all was talking to she, she grown too she is it's like what the hell you mean like we gotta go sneak and video our my group show like that i was so hot <laughs> and he was like he had to go smoke because i had made him upset i was like but it's not cool man i get really frustrated in these situations just like anybody i know a lot of people like how do you continuously do this um i think the pros have outweighed the cons for me as far as like you know being able to connect with my fans in such a way and really like opening up the world to yes you know getting to know who i am so that in itself is worth something Mm -hmm. but when i tell you the stress there's a lot of stress involved in being on reality TV, especially with my group members, because I I take things to heart in a different way with my group members than more so than what I do with the girls on Housewives. Oh, I would. Exp- of course. Right. It's like the things when they say something to me, like the emotions and the anger is like, yeah, yes! you know, it's that, you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> but y'all known each other since y'all y'all have yeah y'all have like thirty year conflicts. Mm-hmm. So like we do every time that comes up, it's, you're pulling from so far back. The- 
fuck out of me is when we we have not discussed a thing. <laughs> and then it's still coming. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? This is so annoying. That's not, I can't. But like we that. know we have to do yeah. this stuff together. So it's like we can't be around each other and not even greet, I suppose. But <laughs> I suppose. But well, sometimes I commend we you. Feeling like that. Mm-hmm. I commend you. Here's a random question before we play this game Do you feel like in your relationship you handle conflict the same way that you do with your group? With my husband? Mm hmm. Mm-mm. My husband and I, we really don't even argue that often. When we do, because I mean, I am a pro of being very, um, I'm laid back until I'm not. Okay. Okay. So, and a lot of things don't bother me, but I guess with my group members, I've been better at it in my older years mm-hmm. of trying to, um, Pick the battles, you know, whatever, you know. Def- deflect. Uh, I had decided. When was Diffuse, this? defer. The year that we, um, what was that? That was that a year ago? You know, Well, going on two years ago. That The versus year when we did the versus with SWV. Yep. That I was going to have a year of yes with them. Okay, Shonda. Meaning. You know, I felt like they were always trying to make it seem like I was the problem or I was stopping them from doing stuff. So, or I was not being cooperative. Mm-hmm. So I started, I told myself, because I had took it like a little break where I, they were just doing the shows, just three of them and all of that stuff. So I wasn't really. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I wasn't really. After we did the big tour, it wasn't any fallout or nothing, but mm-hmm. I was. Just had other things that I want to do. And I knew they still wanted to perform and make money, which Mm -hmm. is important. So, but anyway, they asked me to, so I said, I am going to just let them have it every time. See how it goes. How'd it go? They argue with each other. (laughs) Like, no, meaning I was like, okay, you know, y'all want to do the verses? I didn't really, at the time, I didn't really want to do the verses because I, I felt like we didn't have anything set up for ourselves to benefit from. It wasn't like no new single, new album dropping, oh, okay. new tour dropping. It to wasn't anything. To like Because everybody that was doing the verses that really benefited had something right after that. Right after to yeah. promote. So I'm like, what are we promoting? What are we doing? Nothing. But okay. <laughs> we can do this. Year of yes. <laughs> Year of yes. Let's go. So then they wanted, um, they had a manager that they wanted to use. I didn't even know this person, but sure. Year of yes. Year of yes. This is what you guys want. Okay. Then, oh, this is what we want for business management. Now, I already knew that person, but they weren't my financial manager, but I knew them. But if that's what you guys want, so be it. (laughs) (laughs) Go right ahead. And then as the year went on, year and a half, it, yeah, it went to, especially this past summer. So yeah. we're back to, so now we're back to a year we, of. Yeah, we don't now. have a manager. Okay. Well. Well, one member has a manager. Yes, she has a manager. Right. Right. That's the great way to put it. She has a manager. Yeah. The rest of us, we, our agent is just handling everything for us now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it, yeah, no. That's it became, s- and that's sucks. the weird thing when one person has more of a relationship, or you know, more communication, doing things like it starts feeling like okay, who's who's who, the point person? Yeah, are you only looking out for this person? Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on? You know, and it just was a lot. Mm, yeah. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So something that I really hope happens in 2024 is that we get the solo episodes to get just as much traction as the celebrity episodes or as the guest episodes only because that's how we started with small doses it was me and rebecca and brandon in my little guest room in my apartment and i'm sitting on a futon with a microphone just like talking for an hour about my thoughts about things and so to have y'all like really connect to the small doses brand and the podcast in that way like i feel like that's something that I want to make sure that i continue to do for the folks who have been here for such a long time and for the folks who are maybe even just joining that being said, Side Effects of Parents was a very special episode because it was like, I, I feel like I tapped into something that a lot of people have been feeling, but maybe necessarily didn't have the language to. I've been called a truth translator for that reason. But the thing about parents is that it is so personal, right? And it is so private, particularly if you're an immigrant. Like the whole idea of like beefing with your parents is like a non-starter. It's a non-sequitur. So to even identify that there is something here was its own leap for me. And then to do it publicly on a podcast is its own leap for me. But then to see so many people see themselves in the conversation, it let me know that I did the right thing. You know, I always say that my transparency is my philanthropy because I really feel at this point that like I'm living this life as a way to help others through this life. And talking about just my struggles and frustrations with my mom, who a lot of y'all have witnessed, right? Like y'all have seen my mom on my platforms forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And me talking about the realness of that, I think was was hopefully like liberating for folks because I, I know it was for me because I think that we have way too much of this like curated content vibe where we think everything is perfect. Like that's where couple goals comes from, right? And like relationship goals and all this stuff. And it's like, nothing is perfect. Not that it has to be to be healthy, right? But I think sometimes we just devise, we create in our minds a version of, of a relationship by these small little clips. And we feel like that is something that we should be striving for, but we don't really know the full scope. So side effects of parents, I got to really talk about just what I've been experiencing and going through with my mom. And um, and I really am glad and I'm proud that I was able to help some of y'all find paths forward with your own parents in being able to identify boundaries and challenge their emotional immaturity. And in some cases, muster up the courage for yourself to seek better, you know, spaces of healing. And then at some point, as what happened in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the student becomes the teacher. And then the teacher feels purposeless because now the student no longer needs them in the same way. And they have to find another way to be of value. And I think for a lot of parents, that's when they start becoming toxic because they're trying to find a value place in your life and they're like shooting at the sky willy-nilly. They're not really thinking logically because they're thinking more from an emotion space and they don't have necessarily the tools per se to really do the self-exploration of like what's actually happening here. What am I actually doing? I know I'm telling myself that I'm doing this and I'm showing up this way, et cetera, et cetera, but what's like actually happening? I think a lot of us also then are trying to figure out how to tell their parents that. Because I feel like you then can, you can see what's happening, but like trying to get your parent to hear that or see that is a whole other dance because for a lot of us, like any challenging of a parent, they take as disrespect, right? Or they take as an attack or they may even say it's abuse, it's incredibly demoralizing. And you want to be able to meet your parent where they are and them where you are because you feel like, well, you should know that you raised somebody who's not talking out they 
You should know that you raised somebody who keeps it a buck. You should know that you raised somebody who's always seeking the best effort. So in knowing that you should be meeting me where I'm at in trying to create the best of outcomes for us. So when that isn't being met, it feels kind of just hopeless. And I can tell you that like, I, I did not imagine that I would be 41 trying to like figure out like my mother and I's interactions. And I'm, I am, and I know so many other people are, and I have always believed that my transparency is a part of my philanthropy. Cause I know what, what ends up happening is you feel bad about it. You feel like, and you feel like you're an ungrateful child or maybe that you, you know, don't have, um, then you start questioning like, do I, you know, is this, am I falling out of love with my parent, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, well, no, the love is you trying. That's the love. And then there's this, the reality that I talk to so many of my friends and all of them are like, girl, yeah, I had to reassess my, <laughs> I had to do a whole re restructuring of my relationship with my parent. You just now doing that. That's a part of the journey. And once I did, you know, we went, I went through it and then we got to the other side and it is what it is. I think it's just shocking when you're in it because you may not have seen it coming. But I think for, for the most part, if the effort in your heart is coming from a place of doing the restructuring for the sake of saving and positivity, et cetera, then that's the best thing you can do in any, any life, any part of your life choices. You know, we've talked about side effects of risk taking and it's like, as long as you are moving in positive purpose, that's the only way you can really go about things and you can't control anything else. And sometimes you got to take a break. Sometimes you got to cleanse the palate and take a break. And it's not even on some punishment, but it's more so on some like, I need to step back so I can see clearly, right? It's like when you got to zoom out on the GPS to get proximity, like I need to step back so I can really see where we were and where we're going and how we're going to get there. The job of a parent is, to my understanding, one of the hardest in this life because you have to employ every part of your human existence for another human, right? Like your emotion, your mental, your physical being are all intertwined with getting this person to become an adult, and I always say that, you know, you're not having a baby. You're, you are going to have the baby, but you're, you're raising an adult. The actual goal is not to raise a kid. The goal is to raise an adult who has what the best of life can offer within them to carry forth this society. And there's no way to really do that without hiccups along the way. And so that becomes part of our grace for understanding our parents. You also have to have grace for yourself and knowing that with the way that time moves and generations change and shift, we have new awareness, new understanding, new developments. And just as we went from VHS to streaming within one lifetime, our parents are also adjusting to like going from therapy is for crazy people to can we go to counseling? <laughs> that's what all the hot, that's what all the cool kids are doing. But we all adjust. We try. We got to adjust. And the adjusting of you and your parents' relationship is one of the more difficult for all of us to do. I think in giving our parents grace it is a very ungraceful dance. And it's like watching a white person try and do the electric slide for the first time. It's, it's, it's rough. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The 
McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Okay, so if y'all know Mona Dixon, you know that she is the host of the Don't Call Me White Girl podcast, and they ratchet over there. Okay, shout out to the whole Philly crew. They are ratchet over there. But when I went on her podcast, people were like, oh, they like get along. I think people people be thinking I'm some stuffy little, you know, stank broad, and y'all be coming up with all types, not y'all, because y'all be down with the kid, but they be coming up with all types of just like fake and phony, like, ideas of who I am as a person. But when a real one see a real one, we connect. And so me and Mona connected and it's been on and popping ever since. So we were excited to be able to have her come on the show. And we decided to talk about side effects of light skin because of course, she's so light skin that they literally call her white girl. And that's why it's called Don't Call Me White Girl. But also because we wanted to be able to have like a nuanced intellectual conversation about the experience of being light skin that actually like addresses colorism, but that isn't couched in colorism. Right. Because that is a conversation that needs to include a myriad of individuals for that are having different black experiences. For us, though, it was like, okay, this gives us an opportunity to actually address some light skin bullshit that be happening that is a part of colorism, but also to address kind of like the experience of what that is. And I know that. It was the right thing to do because I had Mona, who is always going to take any situation and bring a level of realness and comedy to it that is going to ground it and remind people that we just talking about experiences, y'all. We got to keep it a buck. These experiences exist. Because I've heard all kind of crazy growing up. Yes. Like your nose always runs because you light skin. Light skin girls, y'all keep running noses. I used to hear that all the time. You know what I mean? So when I would tell people stuff like that, I would say it in a way of, oh, I experienced colorism too because these are things that happened to me and, you know, I had to fight and I had to do this and I had to do that or what, you know. But what I didn't realize is that there's no way possible that I'm experiencing colorism. That's not what's going on. Colorism only goes in one direction. Exactly. So I'm experiencing bullying, even if it's based on my complexion, but I'm not experiencing colorism. And I cannot go on these apps in front of these cameras saying like that because like people already got that twisted and it's it's very simple but man guess 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 how I got the epiphany that's why it's like frustrating <laughs> how'd you get it I googled what colorism at the, the, the <laughs> definition tells you it's impossible that it's happening well because me. colorism at its core is about the fact that dark skin is discriminated against because of its lack of proximity to whiteness so the the proximity to whiteness is what gives supposed access and privilege, right? Mm-hmm. And it is um, supposed because, like, I think there's also another element of that, which involves the actual light-skinned person also perpetuating the colorism, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I think there's colorism that exists by nature of colorism existing. And then there's a whole other level because there's light-skinned folks out here who consider their light-skinned like a part of their personality, mm-hmm. right? Like they're like, I'm light-skinned. Like, yeah. and that means that I act this way. And that means that I show up in the world this way. Right. And that means that I'm supposed to get this thing, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Like, and which, you know, I think the what what we see when we see that is we see also somebody who has also been brainwashed by the ultimate culprit of colorism, which is white supremacy. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so what made you eventually Google it? Um, because I was tired of getting these think pieces from my... Because um, people really... I, well, my fan base, people that like me, they really, really like me a lot. Like, it's not like a, oh, she's cool. It's like they automate. She's the realest person on the internet. She tells the truth. You, you she's give a real- them that they don't have the courage to do themselves. So when it's something that I do that is not what they think or they believe, they are hurt and they have to explain. Join the club. Mona, yes. I love you so much, but let me explain something to you while you're a piece of in this moment. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> and right after I tell you this, and once you listen to me and you start talking like me and doing what I say, then you back to being the best thing since sliced bread. But right now, you need to stop right now because I'm from the projects too and I went to jail for DUI. Like, that's how my message is. And they, are, they mean that. 
you know, and it's like, of course, I've I read it. They, these people buy the tickets. These are my that got me popping. This is, right, you know, so right. I do. And I, I've been that kind of person from the beginning. I've said it on platforms because I want to spread that because I hate the whole you get a thousand comments. You don't tell nobody thank you. You don't say hi back to nobody. You know what I mean? So I try to be connected with these and people kept coming at me about it so much. I'm like, you know, let me just see. What did you think colorism was before you Googled it? I thought it was what it was, but I didn't realize as, as far as like why it wouldn't be me and why I right. wouldn't be somebody that experienced that. Like I can I can tell you about my experiences, whether you think that I'm full of because I'm light-skinned and I don't know because I'm light-skinned, fine, but I can still tell you what happened to me growing up because that's what happened to me growing up. Well, but I can't call that colorism because it's bingo. not. Flat out, it's not, so... I think the frustrating part for a lot of light-skinned women is the feeling that if if your experience that you experienced was not colorism, it doesn't matter. Right, exactly, yeah. And I really feel like all black women's experiences matter. Right, yeah, and that's how I feel. It feels muted. It feels like, like well, you ain't go through nothing. And, it, and I mean, let me tell you from this aspect, because this is how stupid it is. For me, somebody that has been like the jail and been in trouble, I could say, well, you haven't had the real black experience. You ain't been to jail because statistically this amount of black people go to jail and this amount of people have a ghetto experience as a black person that's like a person like me coming like that like okay so you can tell me you don't know what it feels like and you like you never did but you've never been in front of a judge you understand what I'm saying because my light skinness didn't help me in court I don't give a what none of y'all say <laughs> I, I don't. Y'all can say it all up and down. You can say it every day. I've been the United States versus Demona. I know what that feel like. If you don't know what that feels like, you can't really run with me and handle conversation. You can't until you have to like squat down, spread your ass open okay. and cough. Okay. You know what I mean? Or until you walking through a cell or um, you know, a pen or wherever they holding you at through mail guards that look like they want to take something from you. You know, like you can't tell me about my experience in that. And it's like that's that's it would be the same if I came at you like that. And I almost used to think like that because I would say, well, you've had all these experiences, you know, through college or going to work and all that. I went to jail and statistically I was supposed to go to jail because my father went to jail. Right. So I had that that part of our experience. And we're here. Right. And if we're considering that an authentic black experience yeah. involves this because of the statistical right. amount of black people that go, yeah. then what makes you Yeah. You ain't been to jail. <laughs> out of here. Like for real. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Now, me and T.S., you know, we 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 go together like peanut butter and jelly. That's the homie. And she has had an incredible year herself. I mean, just in terms of her brand, you know, just growing and her really becoming more of a household name as a speaker, as a host, as a comedian, etc. So when T.S. came on, I already knew this is about to be a turn up. OK, also because T.S.'s fans like they be really with it and they support and love Maddie. But it was such a turn up that we ended up having to do two parts. And I just loved her candor and her willingness to really address not just her experience as a trans person, but how we as a society are continuing to like grow and in some cases get stuck in the grasping of like what the trans existence is and how it fits into our societal norms. So, you know, again, it's just like, what don't call me white girl. Like I'm going to end up being the serious person in some of these conversations because the guest is going to take it to the hilt. And baby, that is what T.S. Madison is always going to do. Okay. Were you always someone who was like this? Like, were you always an exuberant, like, 
big mouth, big voice person. Yeah, I was. I used to get a lot of whoopings because I said everything I felt. I would get a whooping all the time. I, you can't say that. <laughs> Wop, boo. You can't. I would always get whoopings because I just said it because I felt it, and it's just like, and I would, and and I, and I'm a person that always went back and checked myself. Sometimes I would. Mm. Maybe I said too much. Maybe I said too much, or maybe I said it the wrong way. Right, 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 right. Like it was the truth, but it's but the it wrong, didn't have to it cut. Didn't, it like didn't have that. to do that. I didn't have to do that. So y'all forgive me for that. I'm sorry, but I meant what I said. There's that because you you're like that. Yes. Like I meant it. I could have said it with a bit more honey. But girl, I see you are. De- that's why I love you because you're that way. Like you, you eat, but you. I understand where you're eating from. I get where you're coming from. Like, like you might go in harsh. You might go in with a pitchfork. You didn't, might, didn't mean to stab them that deep, but you want to just get their attention. Yes. Like, bro, do you not see why I'm stabbing you because this house is on fire? I need you to come put the fire out. Yes. Not add to it. You get me. I do. That's why I love you too. I love you. I always have. I always have. Girl, I'm telling you, when you gathered that Caitlyn Jenner, who I for every moment feels needs to be gathered up. You know, cause she, she is like. Well, I think she's an op, I and do I don't too. mean, and I don't mean pre-op or post-op. I don't even. She's <laughs> a op. I think she's an op, and I think ultimately a plant. Yes. Like, I think she was put in place to undermine the work that so many of y'all have been doing, and it's like the black folks. The, it's, she's she's the trans version of a coon. She's a troon. Yeah, she's a Candace Owen. <laughs> she's a troon. I don't know who that is. Um, I don't know her. I don't know her. But Caitlyn Jenner, she is a troon. Uh, I don't. I don't know her. But sister, do you see what I'm saying? So you get why I feel the way I feel. Like, bro, why are you, ma'am? That is dang- people are very. Um, People at this point, the internet has made it so that everyone really feels like they're just talking to themselves, I feel, a lot of times. And I can tell you, like, as someone who lives out loud, it took some time for me to realize that I'm talking into my phone and I'm in my house by myself and I'm blah, 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 blah. But people who are receiving this, I'm in their house and they're just receiving me talking solely to them. Mm-hmm. And so it created this persona for me that I didn't even intend to mm-hmm. because they were like, a man is always angry. A man is always yelling. A man is... Because when I'm upset about something, I'm just talking to my phone and then they think I'm talking to them. And so literally when I got to the real, it became this whole thing like, oh, Amanda's confrontational. I was like, when y'all see me confrontational with somebody? Oh, uh, because they saw you just expressing how you feel. <laughs> like, people, and I'm like, I'm not talking to a person. I'm talking, to, I'm, just, I'm just opening up my phone. <laughs> yeah. That's the same thing way with me. Like, I would open up. My whole career is built off of me opening up my phone, just just expressing the way I feel. Yes. You receive from the antenna? Yeah. Like, these are antennas. Yeah. And here you and go. And there you go. And, like, I'm not talking to one person in particular. I'm, like, picking up, you know, you just vent into your phone. Yes. Because you, it's, so, it's, it's in you and... You it's just supposed to be it out, out of you. And you're not really mad at nobody. you just like, you know what? <laughs> it's passion. It's, I'm so sick of this that's going on. Like, you're not mad. You just... Well, you care. You, yeah. You that's care. What it is. It's caring. It's love. It's represented in this way. And also, like, at a certain point, you start to learn that like anger presents in a number of different ways. And when it's like that, it's fear. Because mm-hmm. you're like, this is really where we at? Yes. Ooh. Oh, that's... It makes me so mad. And I get so mad at stuff like that's outside of trans stuff. Like I get mad at stuff like like black people, what? what? We you know, I love us, what? but I what? I want I wish we loved us. us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When we talk about, um, you know, reparations, like I feel like there's so many people who would get in the way of reparations because they're like, you don't deserve reparations. You don't deserve reparations. And I'm like, why is, what? So my <laughs> comment to that is I always feel that certain black people don't want uh, rights. They want privilege. They want to move the white man over to do exactly what the white man has been doing. They want to have the authority to do that. <laughs> I watch it with television programming. Name an example. Well, 
There's lots of television programming out right now. And I love that a lot of things are black owned and black operated, but also we have to deprogram black people from How do I I like I like when I tell y'all what you know. <laughs> Cuz I know to, what you're talking we about. We have to deprogram black people from liking Okay, it's good that everybody makes a million dollars. They don't actually make a million dollars. There's that part. They don't. The come up is not zero to 100 real quick. So it's just that they're quantifying fame as collateral. And it's it's not. You see me doing them. You see, you see me doing the Miss Sophia <laughs> oh, Rock. I sat in that jail. I'm about to do that rock. You see me. But sister, you also hear me and you feel me. I do feel you because like, that's the real. You gotta like, you have to unprogram. Our souls are 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 sold for cheap swap meet prices. I'm not gonna be on. I'm sorry. Maybe I won't be on television long all the time. I'm not busting you in the head with no bottle on TV. My, I did not Mm-mm. work for three years because it had got so popping. All of the reality TV was the only thing. And these agents was like, if you're not willing to act crazy or be hypersexual, you can't work. Like, that was the that was what I was told. Like, you're not going to work. And I was like, but I'm a poet. They're like, don't nobody want no poetry. Take that crap. I mean, it's just, and we're still in it. I mean, I told Mona Scott to her face, you're a villain. I told her to her face, you're about, a villain. What about Zeus Network? I don't even know about Zeus Network. What's happening at Zeus Network? I, I mean, the cra- the cra- Sean and, and the, yeah. the blue face. Yeah. yeah. The crew face. I mean, listen, I, I give them, I, I, I respect and, and uh, uh, <clears throat> I respect and I give them their props <laughs> for being black owned, black operated. But there has to be, and I, and I watched the interview with, with uh, the CEO, is it Lemuel? Lemmy? Lemmy? Okay. I watched an interview with him he did on Fox Soul, you know, and uh, he was saying that, that he has created content that black people don't pay attention to. Like he said, they don't like, and I'm like, well, you got to force it. So that's the part. I really feel like it's a cop out when we say like, this is the content that like black people don't. So for, I'm a, I'm an example, right? Like I'm not going to make that. But as an independent creator, I also have to support myself through my creativity. Right. So we have to sometimes tweak and hone and move things around to find the way that we can most authentically connect with our audience mm-hmm. without insulting our audience, right? right? And that isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do, mm. but it just requires some effort. And I feel like that's what really boils down to. Like, folks don't want to spend the money to figure that out. And They'd rather just say, you know what, screw boring. it. Let's just give it's them boring. That's let's boring. give them the Hennessy. Let's yeah, just give them the boring. Hennessy. It's boring. And now it was just like set cameras up, fight. That's easier. And they will tell themselves, well, that's what they want. We're just giving them what they want. Well, that's the same argument that drug dealers make, right? I mean, they gonna do it from somebody else. They're gonna smoke it from somebody else. Well, if none of y'all was here, they wouldn't, because they wouldn't even have the option. Right. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So, you know, Kevin Sage is somebody that I've known as a colleague for a few years now. I've always just been inspired by his steadfastness, like that man just be posting and just his creativity with business, you know, in creating his own app, you know, in his Patreon following and the consistency that he does that with is so it's like it's it's just 
It's admirable. He's also just been a great resource whenever I feel like I'm looking for certain people like videographers or editors, et cetera. Like Kevin on stage will be like, oh, I have somebody for you. And so you got to really appreciate that because it's something that is very hard to find sometimes. That being said, I had never met his wife, Melissa. And I guess I had just like, I don't know why I did this, but I worked up in my mind that Melissa was like hardcore. <laughs> and that she, I don't know, like I felt like maybe she she was gonna be kind of like standoffish. But when we did this episode, first of all, let me just tell y'all this. They got here a week early, okay? They got here a week early and we were not expecting them. And then here they were just at the front door in their pink baby, okay? And we were like, wait, oh no. And then we just said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to make it happen. So we did the episode on the fly. I'm still apologizing for the audio. I know people were like, why aren't there two mics? Y'all, it was a tizzy. We was, we was trying to just get it together. We were just trying to do it, do it, to it, do it, to it. A, 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 A. Nonetheless, I have had so many people hit me about this episode and just how great they felt like the content was, but also about how much they felt like they learned about just relationship dynamics and family dynamics from Kev and Melissa. Even my mother called me and was like, that Kev on stage episode was really good. There was some really good lines in there. But also for me, it was a best of because I really appreciated that they were like, you know, we really like your interview style because I really do make a point of trying to create a space here that has a unique interview style. And sometimes I get comments from people saying like, oh, you never let people finish their sentences. You're always talking over folks. You know, you think you're the star. And it's like, I am the star. I just want to remind you all that. that. Like, this is me. That's me. I used to have a blonde afro when I designed this uh, logo. I drew this logo. This is me. So yes, I am the star. That being said, I am very fortunate to be sharing this couch with stars of all different types. And I also am somebody who like, you know, my brain be moving fast, y'all. Like somebody, sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, sometimes I want to finish the thought to feel just like connected. But this was a really fun episode. And I think it was very eye-opening for a lot of people who, again, place this like relationship goals on people Without truly understanding the real difficulty of being connected with somebody. And they really beautifully, and uh, I got to give it to Kev. He very graciously and and humbly uh, talked about his ways that he has had to learn and grow. When I watched The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, I, I obviously not as good as Michael Jordan, but one thing we, <laughs> we both do, we are going to create enemies to defeat, to build ourselves up. Mm. And unchecked, mm. anyone can be that enemy. Mm-hmm. So say that more time. You're gonna create. I'm gonna create. Enemy. Michael Jordan would hype himself up, bump into a coach, coach, and say this. I'm a, I'm Did you ever you. do that with Melissa? Yes. Oh, I was in. That's what I'm gonna tell you, Amanda. I didn't know we were gonna That's go why here. I'm single. I, <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. <laughs> That's why. I believe it's, it. It's hard to navigate. I'll give you the moment I made Melissa an enemy, and she was an enemy for a few years. Shut the. Up, Barack. Do you want me to tell you the truth, or do you want me? Do you I want do. Us to lie? I'm not up. I mean, tell me Why are you quiet? Why are you quiet? You're moving too slow. <laughs> now, I don't mean I didn't love her. We were mean to each other, but I, I clocked first tour. We are planning this tour, right? In hindsight, it all makes sense. At the moment, I'm not seeing clearly. We're planning this tour. I'm at work. At all deaf, she's at work at her aerospace company. She's also, and I'm, I had an hour and a half drive in traffic, right? Okay. So uh, I'm calling her. We have, a, we have a, a conference call with her, me, her, and the tour manager. And okay. we're trying to set up dates, having a call, whatever. Mm-hmm. Melissa, being not only the string, but the person who's picking up the slack at home, has picked up both of our children. She is doing, Come on, she uh, <laughs> she is doing uh, homework. The boys are on the table. And she's cooking dinner. And she's on this conference call. Right? So on the conference call, she's going on mute when, when she's not talking. Because you hear sizzling, boys, boys, three times. Like, she in the, in the middle of it. And the boys are boys. And yeah. the boys are boys. They're small. Yeah. Yeah, they're baby, baby. Like, three times three is what? <laughs> Shut up, kid. We're going to the top. <laughs> None of this is going to be important. Don't worry about it. I got you. Right. Right? So she eventually is like, I, I, I think you, you couldn't do this call. Right? Yeah, something. For whatever reason, she's like, I really can't do it at this time. 
It wasn't. It was at this time. She was like, hey, this time is like really bad because the boys just got home. I got to cook dinner, help homework. Can we do this an hour later or on a different day? Something very reasonable. Yes. Right? Do I take it like that? No. What I say is, don't worry about that. I got you. (laughs) I'm going to talk to the producer next time. How did you, what was the feeling that you had in that moment though? Do you remember? I, I do. She, this is not as important to her as it is to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Because now I know how Melissa is. I'll give you the now and then. Now I know when Melissa gets her back against the wall, she will choose family and the boys over her own stuff more than she will choose the work. I love my children. So we are the same. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. In my mind, I'm very much like, this is how I'm choosing my family. Right. I'm going to build a legacy for them. Okay. Okay. So that might yeah. mean I can't be there to help you for homework, but also I'm building. I'm building something so that you might ha- not have to go to college. <laughs> and if you do, I can actually pay for it instead of having to do financial aid, or I can give you a job later. But I got to go to work right now. Right. So that's how I'm thinking. Which is not not noble. Nobody's like, wrong. It's honorable. Yeah. Nobody's, like, nobody's wrong, wrong. But but we're not moving. This is all hindsight. Synergy. We're not moving in synergy. What got you to Synergy? Real quick, uh, therapy? Therapy. We'll get back to that. Time. Therapy and, and mostly therapy. And time and vulnerability, I would say. Those three. So she and, so the next time, I'm like, you know what? I got you. Don't even worry about it. You don't have to be on this call. So then I get home the next day. She's like, how was the call? I was like, oh, we did it without you. Because I know you was just cooking dinner. Right? And she didn't what say no. What signs? Taurus and cancer. cancer. You're a cancer? Oh, yeah. Are you a cancer? <laughs> Crab. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> What's your birthday? July 11th. July 1st. Oh, one, one, one. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So, and and that, and in that moment, I can honestly say, and kids honestly, are loyal. We are loyal yes. to the bone. Yeah. I wasn't on some like I'm gonna show you at that moment. I was just like I'm actually gonna help you, right? But this is where it got worse. <laughs> okay. Melissa, for this tour. My um, my brother was supposed to tour manage. Mm-hmm. He got sick. He couldn't do it. We hired somebody else to do it. Melissa was supposed to quit her job mm-hmm. to fully help, mm-hmm. right? Okay. At the last second, and tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. last second, she gets cold feet. She decides, I'm not going to quit. The string was stringing. string was stringing. The string was stringing. She decides, I'm not going to quit. Are you a Virgo anywhere in your chart? We don't go past the main things. No, because that's where my string is. I'm a Virgo rising. That it's like, everybody, let's let's calm down. Let's settle. Let's everybody relax. Let's settle. Settle. Type A. So when she decided not to quit her job and work part time, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So that was the middle ground. Yes, that That was the middle ground. That was a compromise. It wasn't to me, but it was for me. To me, that was. So you wanted. Let's so your version in. of belief was Bonnie and Clyde. We're robbing the bank together. We're either going to get away with the money or we're going to jail. Amanda's face is concerned. <laughs> Are we getting because away with the money? Because y'all have kids. We have like, kids. Exactly. I, but my belief is how so, much of that is attached to just male? I think a lot of it. I, I, I think the combination of maybe patriarchy, ego, uh, competition, and if I can be honest with myself not appreciating or valuing what was important to her enough mm-hmm. in the moment. Mm, that's good. I yeah. think I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it, but do what I want to do. That's You're not a dark important. cloud. Like, yeah. why are you raining on my parade? Just jump with me, baby. Jump with me. So not realizing that she was jumping with you. She yeah. was in her way. It's just way. that you were, she was turning. Yes. The turner got to be solid. Come on. A thousand percent. The ground got to be you solid. You can't jump can't doing if you're turning. You're jumping though. Yeah. 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 Yes. So I wasn't valuing that enough. And over the years, I've learned that, you know, it's balanced. Sometimes it's more me, sometimes it's more her. Yeah, absolutely. But her listening to her, at her, I say this to her on calls or after calls all the time. At our worst, if we agree with you, the worst case scenario is our money safe. Mm-hmm. If we listen to me, our worst case scenario, our money not safe. <laughs> all right, so we're going to head over to Patreon so I can talk about my personal best ofs of 2023, okay? So join us at theamandaverse.com. The last dose. So there you have it. Those are our 
2023 best ofs for small doses. I would love for you to drop in the comments what your best of episodes are on Small Doses Podcast or any moments that stand out to you that you remember that live inside your head rent-free. We are going to continue on this path of giving you dope content, of bringing people into the space to create interviews and conversations that you're not going to get anywhere else. And I'm going to continue to just do my best to not talk over people. And to encourage every single person on here to go to therapy because y'all know it ain't a small doses episode if I don't ask somebody if they either are going to therapy or have been to therapy. Tell a friend, continue to share and spread the word about small doses podcast, continue to like, comment and subscribe, continue to download. And please just remember, you know, we're going into a new year. We have learned so much on this show and I hope that we take all that learning in order to be better us for a better year and hopefully a better world in 2024 because this world right now, as Representative Jasmine Crockett would say, it's in the shitter. And you can check her out on side effects of gathering the government. (laughs) 